It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, March 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has to consider, are winner points better than loser points? Fans are conflicted. Yeah, it's a tough one, but we'll get into this game. We're going to do a catch-up on the draft rankings and preview the weekend matchup against Detroit. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen coming to you from the Wells Fargo Center, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you can keep up to date with all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. Lockdown Flyers is free and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Uh, Russ, uh, what happened with Nick Delarier there? It seems like he has an injury, but uh, it, I thought for a minute there he was going to be in the game based on warm-ups. Yeah, he tweaked something right before the game, so they scratched him last minute. There's no no telling what that was. Yeah, I guess we'll, uh, they'll find out in the next couple days or so. As to the game itself, I, I think you know, based on our preview, one of the things we talked about was, you know, the Wild and their low scoring games, and they have a really strong D. I thought the Flyers actually did a pretty good job solving their defense and, and were able to to dominate in shots and high danger chances. Yeah, they definitely were. Um, it was a struggle at times, but when they kind of did figure it out for moments, they um, they found openings. They certainly could have been more efficient. There were times where they were mm-hmm. passing up uh, good shots for I'm not sure what um, but you know in the end it did work out for him you know the resiliency has been there all year so you got to give him credit for that yeah I think you do too and I thought it was a more balanced look from the Flyers offense you know in the last couple of times the younger guys have kind of stepped up and the vets have been left in the dust but this was more balanced we had you know Scott Lawton with a goal uh, JVR with the shootout winner and I just felt like it was more of a team effort. It was more of a team effort. Um, it was one of those things where the zone entries were much better. The, um, there was a time in that second period. It was, it was shaky, though, and it right. didn't look great. But they, they were able to overcome that. And, and Carter Hart wasn't, like, sharp and he wasn't bad. But, you know, he came up big in the shootout. Yeah, this is definitely a team effort. This was one where uh, I think even though their defense would like a few of these plays back, like they let Boldy walk in, they sort of let um, the other uh, Felino walk in. But, you know, in the end, you know, it worked out for them because they actually were able to score. And, you know, the scoring that they've added, you know, the last, you know, four or five games has has made a difference in in these close games. But, again, the differential isn't great, but a win's a win. Yeah. Uh, speaking of those goals, uh, Joel Farabee, four game goal streak. Uh, I think 
you know, we'll obviously we'll see how the rest of the season goes, but I don't think it was a flash in the pan now in terms of getting that monkey off his back. It feels like he's really got it dialed. Uh, you know, things aren't perfect, but he, he understands what he has to do to get the puck in the net now. Yeah, we, we talked about it. We knew it was sort of like a mental block. And, and now he's playing good. Um, when he was asked about what was the reason maybe that he kind of got on track, he, um, he looked for Sam Carcitti, who I'm filling in for tonight. So he couldn't <laughs> find him. He said, I think when uh, Sam chirped me about, uh, you know, not scoring in 26 games, maybe that was it. And he smiled. So that was funny. He looked for Sam. That was really good. But, you know, it was a good moment. Uh- that's adorable. Uh, speaking of adorable, Tyson Forster, uh, you know, when the Wild went up late in the game, you know, mm-hmm. just you get this pit in your stomach like, oh, like, I don't want him to lose this way. And Tyson mm-hmm. Forster right away was like, not on my watch, uh, scored on a laser of a shot. That's the shot that Torts loves. But yeah, I also thought he had a pretty good game overall. He had a couple other good chances and i thought he stuck with some of the stronger wild guys physically in battles he had a solid game uh there's no question he was good away from the puck uh that was a great shot like you said i know people are getting carried away like hey it's better than line a it's not quite (laughs) but it's really good it's really good and it's just when you're really lacking a shot like that on the on the team it's noticeable when someone has it like him so Mm -hmm. that's great you know he gets a second goal He's happy and he'll get sent down and he'll be okay with it. Torts is okay with it. So that's fine. Yeah. At two goals and four assists in the last four games for Tyson Forrester, which is, uh, I think, a, a pretty good record if, you know, he winds oh, yeah. up going down to Lehigh Valley at this point. I'm not sure if he'll play on Saturday for the Flyers or not, uh, since the Phantoms have. Uh, games on a Saturday. Yeah, that'll be the Sunday. interesting thing. We don't really know how it's going to all work out yet. We don't. So that's something we will definitely keep an eye on over the weekend. Uh, I also want to talk about Eor Zamula with his uh, next game in the books. That penalty he took, I think that's something he needs to work on a little bit in terms of desperation mode. Um, he's mm-hmm. bigger, and he needs to know that he can do it without taking the penalty. Yeah, I think so. And um, and Torch talked about a turnover he had, but he still thought he played okay. And, you know, he did. Uh, it wasn't as good as the last game. No, it wasn't. But, you know, it, it's what you expect from a young player. He, there's going to be ups and downs. Yeah, and I think uh, Travis Sanheim had his second, like, better game in a row. Yeah, it was a big deal. I did write about that because I thought um, he seems more on track now. The the zone entry on that play where he brings it up the ice and then all of a sudden somebody's able to chip it to him in, like, an open space. Uh, Then he gets it to, to, um, who did score that goal now? Uh, Was it Lawton? I think Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, Lawton. and, And that was nice. So. Um, really heads up. These are things you would thought he would do all year. Um, the interesting thing is, you know, after the game, Torch is like, well, you know, everybody thinks we're fighting. We're not fighting. It's just when I see more, I want more and I demand it. And it's like, yeah, okay, John, but you were kind of not like it. Like, mean. Just Let's just be yeah, just, plain just about it. Up. He was mean. Yeah. yeah just <laughs> own up to it. Like he, he tries to soften it after the fact and we all know better, but, um, if it works great. Uh, you know, he, he basically said for him and Farabee, he just wants them to kind of like, you know, be able to leave 
after the season, have a good mindset going into the summer. I get that. That's fine. Yeah. I'm curious what you think about how the overtime went. I mean, obviously nobody scored, so it wasn't great for the Flyers. But I thought that despite that structure, they managed to pull it together for the last like minute and a half or so and actually get some quality shots. Yeah, they did get some shots. They did kill off a penalty, so we'll give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt Boldy, who was hot that game, and we talked about Matt Boldy. You know, if he'd have scored on that weird turnaround <laughs> shot, it no. wouldn't have shocked. It wouldn't have surprised me. Um, so, yeah, there were some shots to be had and all that. And the first, like you said, first bit of overtime wasn't great. But, yeah, they, they managed to get through it. And, you know, who would expect them to win in a shootout? But, but they did. Yeah, Carter Hart was fantastic in the shootout. That's for yeah. sure. All right. Well, that'll do it for this game. Uh, up next, we are going to look at Russ's uh, draft rankings list version 2.0 and see what uh, changes there might have been, as well as how the Flyers might approach the draft based on those rankings. We'll do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. If you don't have players on the field or on the ice with the right skills, whether it's breakaway speed or elite playmaking ability, you're going to have a tough time winning and the same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find the right candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that they put everything in one place. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. Start hiring right now with $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post and indeed.com slash locked on offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. All right, Russ. So I thought it would be a good time and uh, timely based on the fact that you have now posted your 2.0 draft rankings to do a check-in, especially with the Flyers being a little bit more volatile in the placement uh, that they are in the uh, lottery uh, tankathon list right now. And, you know, we've seen them as high as five, but Based on the fact that they they're winning, um, they're moving a little bit further down, you know, and pros and cons to that, and we've we've gone over that ad oh, nauseum. Yeah. But, um, you know, first off, were there any significant changes for you in your draft prospect rankings since version one Yeah, I moved um, Dmitry Simashev up. I gotta look. I think I had him about thirteenth, and he's eleventh now. I still don't have him in the top 10. He's a defenseman, plays in the MHL. Uh, really, really good. So many skills. Actually, I had him at 19. So that's a pretty big jump. He um, 
he continues to just have all these tools, speed, uh, just great hands. Definitely could play defense. Uh, don't know about his full defensive play because it's very hard to tell with the MHL. Like, there's always going to be a couple of players every draft that I don't even put on my draft board simply because just watching video of the MHL, it, it, it takes a while to figure out who's even good. And then when you know who's good, then mm-hmm. to see if the player is good. Like, it's it takes a little doing. So, But with Simashev, he's the real deal. So that's something where he took a significant jump. Another jump would be Ryan Leonard now. I've gotten the top 10. It was a big right. jump. I had him at 11. But I always feel like top 10 is significant, or at least it is in my mind when um, – trying to do these lists. And Leonard uh, interviewed earlier in the year. I wanted to see how he would do throughout the year. He's had a very good year. He's got this bulldog mentality. He takes puck battles personally. Like he's the kind of guy that any coach would love. A guy like Tortorella would love this guy because he finds his way to the net. Uh, He's one of the few guys that sort of looks like ripped, like Jack Eichel was as a young prospect. And a lot of times young prospects, still need to work on strength, and a lot of times they're lanky. Not the case with him. And so not the biggest guy, about 5'10", but really, really talented. Um, Another jump was Andrew Cristal. Andrew Cristal, actually not a jump. He he went from 10 to 16, so he he went down. He um, Right. Honestly, he's a guy that went down just based on the field. Everybody got better. And I just didn't feel like he got better. So that was one where that wasn't really his fault. Um, Gabe Perot is an interesting one. Right now, he has stayed steady at 18 for me. He's gonna, He's got a, I think he has 100 points. But the problem is he doesn't have great speed. His brother, Jacob, is already an NHL prospect. Uh, same thing. Jacob w- was a really good offensive player, but didn't have the speed or the defense. Perot has more offense, still not the best speed, and okay on defense, but he's playing on the top line on the NTDP, and I never see him away from it. Even at the All-American Prospects game, uh, I was hoping they would use him on a different line, and they didn't. So I, you know, you never want to say one guy is benefiting from, from his line mates, but if anybody is, I, I do think it's him, uh, whether that's fair or not. Um, I can give you one that's from... Uh, who just got on the list, and that, well, a couple guys. Um, Michael Horrible, uh goalie in the USHL. I interviewed him very early in the season. Big goalie. I mean, I think he's 6'4", 6'5". Um, so he's a guy to sort of look out for. Uh, Jason Shogabay, I have at um, 46 right now. Jason Shogabay is a, um, this is a guy who's a Minnesota native. Of course, Flyers fans should definitely know who she is, he is just in case. But probably going to go uh, early part or middle of the second round. Uh, won the Mr. Hockey Award. So guys like Ryan McDonough have, oh. have won that award. That's, you know, it's a pretty big time award. Uh, terrific playmaker. I got a quote from an NHL scout thinking he's, if not the best, one of the best playmakers in the draft. So he's definitely someone to watch for. Aaron Pionk, I think I have him at 42, what did I have? Oh, no, he's he's holding steady at, no, yeah, he's holding steady at 42. Um, he, that's Neil Pionk's brother. Um, I got to see him at the All-American Prospects game, Has tra- have tracked him since, and he's another one that looks really good. And Neil Pionk, 
Like, even when the Rangers traded him, I'm like, yeah, he seems like he's all offense, not much else. And he's turned into a really good all-around defenseman and even better offensively than I thought. So Aaron has similar traits. So he's one of those guys, too. Yeah, unfortunately, he's in that zone where the Flyers would have been in the second yes. round, but currently do not have a pick, which is part of the problem that we've talked about uh, quite a bit. But looking at the first round, I think that, you know, right now they're in the sixth slot. I I'm thinking they'll end up a little bit further down, like in seven or eight by the time the season is over. And so the good news is that's like right in the Oliver Moore range. On, and and that's who we we've, we've talked about him on the show before. Uh, you mentioned Ryan Leonard, who's in your top ten. Uh, we talked about him as a little bit of a reach at, at the time, but um, he's somebody that uh, intrigues me as well. The the name that's sort of sandwiched in the middle with Will Smith, who again we profiled on the show uh, before, is uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, yeah. who we talked about in the context of World Juniors, yes, but haven't really focused on him as far as the Flyers. And he's a center, um, and somebody you know that's a position that the Flyers could be looking at just mostly because there's a lot of centers in that area it's true. of the draft, but we haven't talked about Dvorsky. Uh, no, um, yet. a couple of different reasons. There are some people that don't have him as high as me because they feel like he's just a defensive center. And I kind of think he's a little more than that. I do. Uh, they all agree. He's going to play in the NHL. Like everybody likes him. He doesn't get talked about a lot because he's playing overseas. He's not in the public eye. So all these other guys are still playing, you know, and, and you don't really, think about him but i i was impressed with him i like his hockey iq i thought he could score a little bit i don't know if they would take him i think they would rather have the u.s kids and that's fine i think there's nothing wrong with that now there's always that thing where what if we trade down and we get two picks now i'm never in favor of that and and i made that voice because i just don't like the idea of it. So that was like kind of like my nerdy, you know, let's let's get two for one kind of thing. And I it didn't work out in Cole Caulfield as far as I could see. It's okay for the right. Flyers, but it didn't work out as, as much of a home run maybe as they thought, right? Um, in this draft, it is a deeper draft. And I'm not going to say they'll work out better because I still think Zach Benson, Will Smith, Dvorsky, Oliver Moore, you still, I think they still have a certain pedigree. But if they went down and they traded to where they could get, uh, like Quentin Musty, I just interviewed him yesterday. He's actually a, uh, a Hamburg, New York guy. So he's a Buffalo guy. He's going to be at the combine literally on his home ice. Like that's, <laughs> he played at that rank. And he's a big power forward, really good hands. His speed is good. And he's having just a tremendous year in Sudbury, which, by the way, is much colder than Buffalo which is hard to believe any place is, but he said, yeah, it is. Um, he could be a guy that if they traded down for, would probably check off a lot of boxes for the Flyers. Colby Barlow might too, because he is a pure scorer, but um, I probably would take Musty over Barlow, even though I have Barlow ranked a spot higher. And that's simply because I think the Flyers, I'm thinking more of what the Flyers could use. And right. while they're both wingers, I feel like Musty, um, would play a better role for the Flyers. Barlow's got to have big time playmakers with him, and if he doesn't, it's gonna not. It won't be as good. He can make 
some things happen on his own. But he, you know, right now I don't know where the Flyers' playmaking situation is, and that's where I would go with Musty more because he's more of a go to the net guy, and even can be a two on one guy if he's got the right guy on his line. Yeah, and I I do wonder if the Flyers do trade down in this draft and, and take a, a guy like either one of those, uh, like you're saying. Um, if they then punt a defenseman to the second round, um, if they can pick up a second rounder as as the other pick. Well, I would punt a defenseman to the second round simply because I don't think there's any real superstar defenseman in this draft. I, I like yeah. uh, I like uh, Sandine Pelica a lot, and they certainly could get him, but he still might be a second pairing guy, which is good. I mean, he could run a power play; he's really good, but. Is he really going to be much better than Cam York? Probably not. And so, like, I just feel like, no. uh, you know, you're probably better going in the second round and just kind of seeing what's left and maybe take a little bit more of a risk if you have a pick there. Yes. And and shoot high on that one instead. Uh, like Barlow, just to give you an example, like he's got 46 goals in 59 games. Like, it's a lot of goals. And, you know, yeah. he is a six-foot-one guy. so. You know, when I say goal scorer, like he's he's scoring them. Uh, you know, Musty, just so you could get an idea, with Sudbury, who also they're going to be playing in the playoffs. Um, he's got 73 points in 50 games, 24 goals. So a little more well-rounded than, than Barlow, and that's why I'm thinking might be a better fit. He's still 17, so there's a little bit of extra runway on him. So that's good. You know, maybe he plays with a guy like Kaplan in the future. You know, who knows? You know, right. Football on here. Well, there'll be a lot more time to discuss this and the rankings will shift and where the flyers will end up. will get more solidified. So we'll check back in at the end of the season on where, you know, the, the rankings are and, and where the flyers pick is. In the meantime, we do have, uh, a bunch of games left for the Flyers to play, and we will talk about the game against the Red Wings coming up next. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on. And sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Russ. So the Flyers have, uh, I believe, after the game from last night, uh, 13 games left yep. in this season. Not much time left to to work on different things, but there will be time to get some of those prospects like Tyson Forster some more time perhaps or call up Bobby Brink or call up Ronnie Adderd like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the meantime, the Detroit Red Wings are in a bit of an up and down situation. 
Um, you know, we did see them recently. The Flyers won three to one earlier this month. The Red Wings uh, played the Blues last night. We don't have those results yet. But uh, before that, they won in a shootout to the Blues. They had a, a home and home and lost to the Panthers, Avs, and Preds. So have not been successful as of late. They've had some injuries. Uh, Huso had been out uh, in net. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be back in against the Flyers, but a lot of uh, moving pieces and parts with this team still due to injury. Yeah. No question. Um, they play a very spirited game, and sometimes they they can be out physical, and sometimes not. Uh, we've seen where Moritz Sider really, you know, puts it out there and starts crushing guys, and that could happen. And Simone Evanson is also a big bruising defenseman, so he could do the same if he wants. Uh, he's a younger guy, but still pretty pretty big body. So that's something where. You know, they've added to their, their mobility now on the blue lines better. Uh, maybe they're not going to be as strong defensively because, you know, they're, they're younger guys. Uh, Dylan Larkin's always going to kill the Flyers, right? Right. Guarantee. And if Lucas Raymond's in there, he's going to give him trouble. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, I think your note about faceoffs being important is massive because yep. Larkin is a faceoff shark. He's really good. And, again, we would like to see – at least on this show, Morgan Frost take a few more because, you know, I've, exactly. spoken, I've spoken to other people and they all are in agreement that and Jason was too, that Frost is faster in the circle. I get it that, you know, Kate's may be a little stronger physically to kind of win it after the fact, but the numbers aren't bearing out lately for Kate's and why not ride Frost for a little while and see how he looks in that. that that's, that's what I would kind of do here. Um, no matter who they have in net, it's going to be pretty good. I think it'll be up to the Flyers to to see which Flyers show up and what kind of game. I mean, it's almost a guarantee they're going 11-7. I don't know if that's a benefit to them or not, but we'll uh, we'll see how that shakes out too. Yeah, and uh, Felix Sandstrom should, in theory, be in net for the Flyers yeah. uh, for this one. So another good opportunity for him in this game against an up-and-coming team. You know, that's a little banged up. So I think that's a good scenario for him there. Um, you know, the Flyers could sweep the season series if they yeah. win this game, which would be a nice little thing to have, you know. Okay, like that, but yes. Yeah, I, I think um I think it could be. Uh, you know, it obviously we have mixed feelings again with the draft rankings and and positioning there, but next week looks to be, I think, really important in terms of losing games against particular opponents. Uh, we've got the Habs, the Sens, and the Sabres, who are much closer to the Flyers in in that list. And so yeah. I, I think maybe if they win against Detroit but lose those games, that's probably the better approach. Well, I don't know if they're going to lose to the Sabres. The Sabres are sinking faster than way faster I know. than the Flyers. Uh, Ever since they've been, you know, that 10-goal game, they've been getting harpooned. So I, I don't know. That's, yeah, a, it's, it's, that's a lofty it's be, uh, wish for you. I know. And, uh, you know, you look at the schedule months ago and you're like, ah, oh, this week won't matter much. And suddenly there's going to be some 
you know, huge implications here, but uh, we will definitely talk about those games next week and see how it all plays out. Uh, there will be a link to Russ's draft rankings in our, our show notes. So make sure you, you check those out as well. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the game against Detroit. We'll have our nemesis of the week and we will have a mailbag next week as well. So you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers or email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. Comment over on YouTube to send those questions in. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's available on the Locked On NHL feed anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.